is Jesus the only way? As Pastor Jack, we're talking about, is Jesus the only way? Why is Jesus the only way? How can God, how can this world, why can it be, how is it so narrow that it can only be Jesus? Well, we're going to be talking about that, trying to answer some of your questions. You know, last week we talked about, um, what if I'm a good person, Pastor Jack? What if, you know, I've lived a good life, I'm, I'm, the best of, to my ability, I've lived a moral life, you know, I didn't cheat on my taxes, I've been good to my wife, you know, all those types of things. And what we decided was, is that, you know, goodness is a very subjective thing. You know, we're only good to ourselves. We kind of hold people to a little bit of a different standard. You know, when I say I'm good, you know, it's like, well, you know, I do have a couple of issues, but, you know, they're not as big as somebody else's. You know, we always take our goodness and we want to compare it to somebody else. Or we decided that goodness is synonymous with law. If it's lawful, then that must make it good. Trust me, there are lots of things in our earth and our world today that are legal, but they are detrimental to our health. You know, we found out over all the years that smoking cigarettes, while it's a legal thing, has caused cancer in many, many people. So even though it's lawful, it doesn't necessarily make it moral or make it good. Another question that we always get is, is why does it have to be Jesus? Can all of these other religions be wrong? And, you know, religion, it's not about being right or wrong. The reason that we believe that Jesus is the only way, because only Jesus fulfilled all of the requirements of being a sacrifice for you and I. There's no other religion. There's, there's nothing on the face of the earth where that demigod or that God did anything to restore man back from his fallen position. If we were to really go back and look at everything that God did to restore us back to that restoration that with Jesus or I mean through the Father, only Jesus, if we think about what he did on the cross, if we think about what he did in hell, if we think about what he did when he walked the, the earth for 40 days, if we think about everything that Jesus did, if we think about what Jesus is doing right now, it says that he's sitting right next to the Father and he's making intercession for you and me. See, Jesus is the only one where God himself took a part of himself, put it in sinful flesh, sent him into the earth. He lived among us for 33 years. So Pastor Jack, why, why, did, why didn't, if it was just about Jesus's blood, well, then why didn't Jesus just die when maybe Herod was killing all the two-year-olds? That's a really valid statement. The only difference is, is that Jesus had, had to be a free will offering. Yes, it was about his blood, but Jesus had to offer that blood willingly. When Jesus was two years old, it wasn't his choice. So Jesus had to walk this earth. It talks about in Hebrews that Jesus lived this human condition. See, Jesus is a faithful high priest, and I don't want to get too far off subject, but Jesus takes the place of our faithful high priest, which means when I go to the priest and I say, Jesus, man, I'm dealing with loneliness. Jesus, I'm dealing with depression. Jesus, you know, I'm angry, I'm tired. Jesus, all these things. If Jesus was just an alien, if he was just the son of God, but he never walked the earth, if he never walked in our footsteps, if he never lived in this place, then he would not understand, he could not represent us because he would have no understanding of what you and I have gone through. See, only Jesus 
only Jesus. See, there, there have been good men that have walked the earth and done good things, but only Jesus came into this earth of his own free will, stripped himself of all of his heavenly, you know, Jesus came from the, the best house, from the best side of town with everything good, and he put all of that aside. He took off those robes. He came into the earth, and he walked among us, and he taught us, and he loved us, and he showed us that he was the only way, and it's through his blood that we have salvation. So what's the difference between us and all these other different um, religions? Well, once again, my relationship with Jesus Christ is not based on a religion. My relationship with Jesus Christ is not built on all of these do's and don'ts, and if you mess up, God's going to get you, and you know God's going to tempt you, and he's going to test you, and you know, all of these types of things. My, it's, it's, it's relationship-based. You know, I can go to church, which I do every Sunday, and I can fellowship with hundreds, if not thousands of believers all together. But you know what? God is so personable. I can go home, and even by myself, I can spend time with the Father individually. He's that specific. He's that um, his affections for us are that true and that real, that I can go into the very presence of God all by myself, and I can spend time with the Father. It's amazing. Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 6 today. John chapter 14, verse 6. Now, Jesus said this, okay? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, did Jesus say, I am one of the ways? Did Jesus say, I'm uh, another way? No, no. Jesus very definitively, very accurately, and with strong inclination on that statement, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And if you kind of phase back into Old Testament thinking, whenever those words, I am, the great I am, God was showing himself in really all of his authority and all of his glory. I am. Jesus said, I am the way. The only way that we can have access back to the Father, the only way that we can have true salvation is through Jesus. Jesus is the way. You know, one of the uh, the statements that people like to make sometimes is, is, you know, well, if everybody has to be saved, what about all those people on all those little islands on the other side of the world that never heard about Jesus? You know, that's a very, very accurate, you know, that's a, that's a very logical thing for us to think. My first response to that is, is that if God, in all of his wisdom, if God, in all of his infinite thinking, in all of his glory, if God is smart enough to put an island someplace, then he's smart enough to get somebody to that island to tell them about Jesus. See, you and I are the voice in the earth. When we sit back and we go, why isn't God doing this? And why isn't God doing that? And, and how's God going to get to that person? See, God gave the earth to you and I. It's up to you and me to go to that island to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody. 
we are, we're waiting for God to do something sovereignly to move in and save somebody. And God is saying, I've given you everything that you need. You go to that island. You take the word. My commission to my church was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes shall be saved. See, it's you and me. Don't just throw it over on God and say, well, if God, you know, it's he's going to have to go do it. No, no, no. You and I are his hands, we're his feet. We're the mouth of God in this earth, and it's up to you and I to go to those islands to help save those people. The bottom line is, if God is smart enough to put an island there, he's smart enough to know how to get somebody to that island to help share the gospel with those people. Amen? Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, and I'm just backing up, I'm reading this again. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. See, the only way now that, uh, and let me read this to you out of a, a different translation. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. When Jesus says, I'm the way, then we have to go through Jesus. What we're saying is, is we have to go through the blood. We have to go through what he did for us. If you go back and you look at the Old Testament, you know, God took this people, you know, out of Abram and he created Israel and uh, you have the 12 tribes and, you know, God is trying to renew the minds of the people that are coming about this Savior that's eventually going to be here. See, everything in the Old Testament was pointing towards Messiah, pointing towards Jesus. So when God, through Moses, he gives the law, now all of a sudden this group of people who had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years, God now has to start renewing their mind as to who they are and start setting the foundation for Jesus to come. So he does this thing through Moses called the law, the law of Moses. There are still people today, because they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that are trying to follow that same law that God put into effect thousands of years ago. So you have this law, and that law, it was brutal. There was no grace in that law. That law was that if you did X, Y, and Z, if you didn't do it right at the right time with the right offering at the right place, you know, death could be the consequence. I mean, there was no forgiveness. There was no grace. It was, you bring this offering, you do this on this day, you don't do work on this day, you do this, you don't do that. I mean, how many of our youth would be wiped off of the earth for rebellion because you didn't talk back to your parent, you didn't disobey authority, you did what was told. You know, there was none of this, you know, well, God knows my heart stuff. No, no, no. there was this law and that law demanded blood in order to atone for our sins, which meant there was this blood of bulls and goats. That meant when you, when you committed a sin or when it was, um, it was a ceremonial time, you had to go get some sort of a sacrifice to somehow appease and atone for your sins for that year. 
And so you would go get this bull, you would have this lamb, you would have these turtle doves, these pigeons, you would have all these things that the Bible specified, and you would bring those to the altar, you would bring those to the high priest, there was a shedding of blood that took place, um, there was an offering that took place, and because of that blood, it didn't deal with the root of what you did, it didn't deal with your heart, it didn't deal with motive. All it did was it bought you another year of being able to walk this earth. It atoned for your sins. But now through the blood of Jesus Christ, this is how powerful it is, is because only through Jesus's blood do we not just buy another year, we get set free from sin and not just from sin, but from the penalties of it. I don't know how to reiterate that. that that's such a, an amazing thing to think about, that when those people took their offerings to that priest, uh, even though um, they did what they were supposed to, there were still consequences for what they did. It never changed how they thought. It never changed their hearts. It never changed their motives. All it did was is that you have now appeased through this blood and through this sacrifice, You've bought yourself another year where you're not going to be under the penalty of what that sin was. What Jesus did is Jesus dealt with the root of that sin. Jesus went all the way back to the garden when Adam and Eve broke that law, when they, when they, when they did exactly what God told them not to do and they ate of that one tree. They set this thing called sin into motion. And what Jesus did on the cross and through his blood is he didn't just atone for our sins, he eradicated it. He totally dealt with the sin issue, and so that you and I no longer live under the penalty of that sin. Well, Pastor Jack, but I'm still a sinner. No, no, no. If you're born again, you have become, not by what you've done, but by what he've done, he's done the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's exciting. Which means, yes, maybe sometimes we, stu we do still sin that doesn't make me a sinner, you know, I am still renewing my mind. I'm still working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, a lot of us have come out of a lot of things. And I just praise God that instead of him doing 12 million little surgeries at one time, he knows how much we can handle at a time. And so we work out our salvation on a regular basis. But it's not always about us coming to him and saying, oh God, here I've got sin in my life. No, no, no. It's about righteousness now. It's about God put us back in the garden. He restored our relationship. Just like Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, you and I can now walk with God in the cool of the day, not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that he did through the blood of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus says, I am the way, that means my only way to get back to the Father, my only way for restoration is when I come through that blood, that's that narrow way. I cannot jump the fence and go around. There's nobody in heaven that was able just to jump the fence and sneak around the back and sneak in. It doesn't work that way. We can only come to God through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And aren't you excited that God made that way for us and we're not stuck in our sin forever? Amen? We'll see you next week.